Brian McClanahan Show, episode 352. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like me on Facebook, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. Don't forget to subscribe to mcclanahanacademy.com. Again, you can find that on my webpage, but mcclanahanacademy.com. Free to enroll. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. You get the best deals on new and forthcoming courses. A lot of great stuff there. Over 12 classes available for purchase. That's how I support this podcast financially. So go out and do that. You can also support the show by clicking on that support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You get a book plate, my autograph on one of my books. You can throw a few pennies my way. You can purchase one of my books. I've got a bunch of those too. I've got a new one out, Southern Scribblings. It's a great book, 60 Essays in Defense of the Southern Tradition. You're going to want that. You can get that book played as well, and you get your autograph on it, or my autograph on it, I should say. It's a great way to support the show. You can also click on that shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You can get your Brian McClanahan Show logo on all kinds of cool stuff, T-shirts, stickers, clocks. I mean, great stuff out there. Really interesting stuff. And, of course, you can go to Learn True, T-R-U-E, learntruehistory.com. That is my affiliate link for Tom Woods Liberty Classroom. It's also a great way to support the show. I teach there with Tom and a whole bunch of other great instructors, so... Lots of great educational resources, McClanahan Academy, Learn True History. You've got little ways to support the show outside of that. And as always, share this podcast around on social media. Rate it wherever you get your podcast. Do those kind of things because that gets more people listening to the show. And we want people thinking locally and acting locally. This particular episode is all about that. More about individual action and responsibility. And I want to talk about something I addressed about two years ago in a podcast entitled Shut Up and Dribble. This was about LeBron James and a dust-up he had with Laura Ingram back in 2018, March of 2018, back in way back in normal times, when people actually went to professional events, professional athletic events and concerts and all kinds of things. We weren't talking about isolation and the damages that's doing and all the real just crazy times we're living in now, way back in normal times two years ago. Who could have seen any of this coming? But of course, we've now had professional athletics back on the television for a couple of months. You know, we've got uh, football coming up. Of course, some of the college programs have decided they're not going to play because of COVID-19. We have conferences like the SEC that is going to play. We've got uh, professional baseball back, professional basketball, hockey, football's coming. So people are starting to think, well, we're a little more normal again. But, of course, within that, we have this red-hot summer of 2020 again. You know, we had 1919, you had the red-hot summer of 1919, when you had a whole bunch of race riots in America. You had the same thing back in the 1960s. Now we got it again in 2020. And in contrast to any of those other times, 1919, you had professional baseball, of course, but it wasn't like it is today, 1960s. You really didn't have a whole lot of political activism by athletes. You had some. But you've never seen what's happened now back then. And when I, when I talked about LeBron James back in 2018, I defended his 
freedoms of political speech. I mean, I think we need to call it that freedom, not a right, but a freedom. His freedom to speak his mind freely as a citizen of the United States, as someone who's engaged politically, whatever he wants to do. He, of course, has a very large platform because of his status as a professional basketball player. Makes a lot of money. A lot of people look up to LeBron James for whatever reason. And so because of that, he's going to influence a lot of people. And I defended his ability. Now, Laura Ingram told him to shut up and dribble, just play basketball. And I think there's a lot of people out there that want politics and sports to be divorced from each other. Now, I defended James and I said, look, as a private individual, as a private citizen, as someone who has opinions and thoughts on things, he should be able to express those just like anybody else and use the platform that he has just like anybody else can. I mean, look, I get on behind this microphone. Of course, I don't have near the reach as LeBron James or a lot of other people, but I'm able to express my opinion about things and and have the freedom to do so. And you can do the exact same thing. And we shouldn't say just because someone's in a certain field that they shouldn't do that. But what's happened now in 2020 is much more damaging, I think, and, and interesting at the same time. And that's that now we have whole entire leagues, not just players, individual players. I mean, look, Jim Brown, for example, back in the 1960s, was very outspoken about his political beliefs. And we, when you got into the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, when you talked about desegregation and civil rights and other things, of course, because athletics, professional athletics in particular, look for the best players, and we want to see the best players play, that, of course, is going to have an impact on uh, segregation because, obviously, in segregated uh, athletic events, you don't always have the best players out there. You want to find the best. You want to watch the best. And so because of that, you're going to see those type of things, those type of barriers break down. And this does lend itself to a social discussion. You know, how do we view society? Which, how should we view society in general? Employment, athletics, uh, relationships with people. All of that's going to happen. Now, I have always loved professional athletics. I've watched the NFL and Major League Baseball since I was since I can remember. I've watched these things. My family has always been interested. They're big professional football fans. College football came later to me as I uh, started as I went to a Southeastern Conference school for graduate school. I really started liking college football. Before that, it was always pro football for me uh, in the Mid Atlantic area where I grew up in the Upper South. Um, professional football was much more popular than college football. For obvious reasons, you don't have powerhouse schools as much up there as you do, say, in Alabama or Georgia or Louisiana or some of these other areas, the Carolinas. You just don't have it. So I was always interested more in professional football. But even now, college football is taking this social justice stand. The cancel culture has gotten, has now permeated everything and gotten into the college ranks as well. You just saw Nick Saban walking through a college campus with the football team protesting or not protesting, but supporting the social justice movement. Now, first of all, uh, that's a bold move in a place that this is already supported every single day on a campus. I mean, look, with athletes that are worshipped in the communities that they're in. I mean, you talk about athletes in college campuses. These people are worshipped all the time. Professional athletes, same thing, but certainly on a college campus, 
athletes have, um, I mean, they, they are the big men on campus, okay? So it was kind of silly in a lot of ways to think that this was somehow taking a bold stand in leadership in these things. And, of course, one of the criticisms is with uh, professional athletes speaking out, these people are also idolized in worship. They make millions of dollars a year. Uh, it's clear that they're already elevated to a certain status, and there is no barrier to them becoming very successful. And Americans of all races, all economic backgrounds, worship these people. Worship them. So where is the injustice, where is the, uh, the uh, discrimination when it comes to professional athletics? Well, it doesn't exist any longer. I mean, it's gone. But now you have in 2020 entire teams and entire leagues taking a stand or a knee or whatever you want to say for social justice. In fact, the NBA canceled some of its playoff games. I don't even watch the NBA. I, don't, I could care less about the NBA. Uh, but they canceled some of their playoff games. The NHL then followed suit and canceled some of their playoff games. You had MLB teams refusing to, to play games because of social justice. Now, the curious thing about this, this all happened after the Wisconsin episode in Kenosha when the individual was shot in the back seven times by the Kenosha police, and apparently this was a racist action. This individual, this whole entire event was racist. And so you had immediately, because you had a cell phone video, and I think this is the major problem. I'm going to get into where, where some of this is just so silly. You had a cell phone video, which looked horrible. I mean, this guy's shot, he's, he's in the back, he's... But the problem with all that, and of course that leads to major rioting, then you have the Rittenhouse situation where... You have a guy, you know, you have a couple people killed, uh, and you have Antifa and people defending private property. You've got businesses being burned and looted and all these other things. You have a book out now in defense of looting. All of this is going on, and then you throw in the athletics part of it. So I will say this. Athletes have complete freedoms to say what they want. They can say whatever they want. But when it starts affecting games itself, what I mean by that, when you start canceling games, and the leagues are okay with this. You see, the real situation should be the leagues which should say, you can't cancel the games. If you boycott that game, if you refuse to play, then you each get a loss. Because you didn't play the game. You get a loss. If both teams say we're not playing, well then, it's a, it's a forfeit. You forfeit the game. You get a loss. And because you refuse to play and you forfeit the games, you should lose your salary, your corresponding salary for those particular games. It'd be no different than if I refused to show up for work, and I didn't, I mean, you could say, well, I'm sick today, but I refuse to show up to work. Well, then, if I had, if I just said I'm not showing up because I'm protesting, well, then I should lose my salary for that particular day. Now, if I say I have certain personal days or sick days or whatever it is, I mean, you could say that. Well, I'm not showing up because it's a personal day. I'm going to use that. That's another thing. But do, the, do MLB players, the entire teams, when they announce what they're doing, is that then considered to be a sick day or personal leave day, or whatever it is? No. The game was scheduled. you got to show up and play the game. Same thing with the basketball games, the hockey matches. You know, whatever it is, you have to show up to play the game to get paid. And if you don't show up to play the game to get paid, if you're not injured or sick, well then, 
you should forfeit your salary, and the game, the team should forfeit that game. My real problem with this, and this is where I'm going to get into individual action here. My real problem with that action is that uh, you're now in a situation where you're telling the fans that you're not important. Now, these players are going to have people that support their actions. They're going to have people support their actions, and they're going to support what they do here in boycotting the games. And I saw it on message boards. I am a huge baseball fan. It is my favorite sport. And uh, I go out and I read message boards and other things and follow my team. And uh, I read their message. Oh, yeah, this is great. This is standing up. And I want to read one particular paragraph from this, from the beat writer for this team, the team that I follow, and what he said about the players determining to go out and boycott a game. He says, whatever these two players, minority players in this team say about the uh, whatever they accomplish in the second half of the season, nothing will impress me more than their maturity, composure, and ability to articulate their feelings when tossed in front of the media this week in Zoom conference calls. It had to be uncomfortable, but necessary, as two of only four black players on the team. Their maturity... I want to focus on that particular line, maturity, and what the, their feelings. You see, because the manager stood up and he said this, I don't want to hear how I felt. I want to hear how everybody else felt about the situation and about how they feel. You see, here we are, we're emoting. This is emotivism 101. This is immaturity. It's not maturity. It's not mature to show your emotions and then let your emotions dictate you playing a game. That's not maturity. That's immaturity. That's being a toddler. Toddlers govern their conduct on their emotions, not on their thought processes. They govern their conduct on their emotions. Now, it's not saying you can't take emotions out of things. I mean, you can't really do that overall. It's very hard to do that all the time. But governing your entire action on emotion? There's, there's nothing mature about that. And then you look at the entire situation. The individual in question in Kenosha, as all the information came out, you saw that this just got dropped because what started coming out was that this guy assaulted a woman. He stole her stuff. He stole her car at one point. He had a weapon. The lives of the police officers were threatened, and so they took appropriate action. Now, you can say, well, was it overkill because they shot the man and he had a knife? Anybody's ever watched anything, a knife can be a very dangerous weapon, even with someone with a firearm, because you have to be able to pull the trigger quickly while this person's lunging at you, and you can get hurt, killed, with someone with a knife, even when you have a firearm. There's actually about a 20-foot rule, I think is what it is, because the person can charge within 20 feet before you can actually get a, a shot off and hurt them. There's a video of a... Uh, of a situation, I can't remember where it was, but two police officers were confronting a man with a knife. And he was able to get on top of that police officer before he could shoot him because the man had the knife. And these guys were backing up trying to let him have room. But as the video, even with the situation in Minneapolis, where all of the video finally came out, it seems that the narrative has been blown out of proportion. And Immediately, the thing in Kenosha was dropped. Now, I know the National Guard went in, so all the rioting stopped. 
But no one's standing up and saying, you know, we got to support this guy anymore. Because if you do, you're now supporting a criminal who was wanted for assault, who had a, a restraining order against the woman. What does that say about me too? What does that say about all these things? Well, it's immature. You see, canceling games and doing all of these things because all you're getting is a snippet of the story, a soundbite, a cell phone video. You're not looking at this in a mature way. They should have played all the games until all the information came out, and then they could have made a, a, a decision if they want to say, well, I'm going to protest because this was a racist action. If that's what you want to do, this was a racist action. There clearly there's no racial intent in any of this. In Minneapolis, in Kenosha, there's no racial intent in any of these things. We could talk about police uh, brutality. We could talk about excessive use of force, if that's what you want to talk about. But we know the agenda here is not... It's, it's bigger than just that. The agenda is to disrupt society. So what kind of action can you take? And I actually posted on Twitter, is anybody going to watch the games for the NFL this year? I've decided for the first time in my life that I'm not going to watch NFL football in 2020. That's a personal action I'm taking, and I have paid for NFL football for years. I've paid to watch it. So my money has then gone in to support things that I don't agree with. And, and when I, I understand if I shop at Amazon, I'm supporting Jeff Bezos. I don't necessarily support Amazon and their political views and Jeff Bezos, but I need the goods and things off of that. And so you almost can't get around it. If you use any corporate shopping, you can't get around it. You're going to support companies that you don't necessarily agree with the, with the policies of those companies. Okay, I, you can't get around these things. It's kind of if you want to boycott everything, then okay, go to it. But that is individual action. Well, for me, because the NFL doesn't have to do this, because the NFL is paid to, paid to entertain people, I've decided not to watch NFL football. Now, if someone sent me an email, what do you think about, or maybe commented on YouTube, what do you think about Chris Stapleton? I am a big Chris Stapleton fan in terms of his music. He has come out and said some very political things. He's a leftist. I think Chris Stapleton is a nice man. I met him once. He was very nice. Um, I think that uh, his music is fantastic. But like other musicians, he's going to support things or say things that I don't necessarily agree with. Well, uh, if you have a personal decision to make there if you do not want to buy their music anymore because of this. I know a lot of conservatives that certainly uh, that they like left-wing musicians because most musicians are left-wing, and so they continue to buy their merchandise and their music and support them financially. Uh, music, to me, is a little different than athletics, um, but still, it is an entertainment venue, and so if you decide not to buy somebody's music because of their political views, you can do that too. But this is where it comes down to uh, an entire team saying, now Stapleton saying that he supports a left-wing cause does not necessarily alienate the others because he's not saying these other people are wrong or he just supports one thing or another. But by not playing a game, you're telling, let's say you were a season ticket holder. You're a season ticket holder and you've bought, you purchased tickets to a game to watch that game and now the team doesn't show up. Or let's say you've purchased a, 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 t a television package to watch these games and they decide not to play. Chris Stapleton is not telling you. He's telling you up front, these are my views. I'm still going to play my concerts. I'm still going to make my music. 
If you don't want to like me and you don't want to listen to it, fine. You know where I stand on things. But I'm still gonna I'm still gonna produce the music, so it's still there. He's not boycotting, uh, you know, going to a stadium or not playing a song or whatever it is because of something that happened. He might do a benefit concert. He might do something like that. Fine, have at it. But there's a major difference between boycotting events and letting people know what your opinions are. Now, LeBron James, because you know what LeBron James is, you can choose not to support LeBron James if you don't want to. You don't have to watch the Lakers or when he was the Cleveland or wherever he was. You don't have to watch those games anymore. So for me, I'm going to boy I'm not watching the NFL because I think they've done some things now recently that to me are not uh, not something I want to support. Because I think they're being very hypocritical and I think they're they're taking things out of they're they're going too far with some things. And baseball because of the boycotts, because they decided to forfeit games, or not really forfeit games, it just became a boycotted game, I've taken a step back from watching baseball now because of that. That is my personal opinion on these things, and I think that if more people did it, because to me, again, not playing a game is saying that you don't care about the fans that don't think like us. We don't care about those people. This is virtue signaling on the highest level, you have the NFL, I mean, the other thing, you know, Tennessee Titans coming out and their stupidity, their little conference when you had uh, Tannehill get up and try to articulate his position on things, which sounded, he just sounded like a moron, number one. Uh, and, I mean, you see that these people aren't that bright about some of the things they're saying. So, to me, you take the action individually and say, I'm not going to watch it. And if enough people did that, well then the leagues would get the message and they would tell these people, you can't boycott games. If you boycott games, well, then you're at a, you're a whole other level. The NFL putting you know, things on their helmets and other things. This, I'm just not watching the NFL anymore. I think that it's they're going too far with the political stuff. Uh, most people watch games to just be entertained, and you shouldn't have to have politics in your face 24 hours a day, seven days a week if you want to avoid those things. So I'm not watching the NFL. If MLB continues down the path of what they're doing and allowing these things to happen, I probably won't watch baseball anymore either. I know NASCAR had their thing, which turned out to be a hoax. All of these things, you see, the mature thing to do for all of this, for all of these players, all of the fans, instead of jumping out, jumping to conclusions immediately, is saying, let's get all the information before we make a decision on what we're going to do, instead of virtue signaling everywhere and putting politics in everyone's face. That's what should happen. That's the mature thing. That's where I read these comments and I say, these players are mature for standing up and saying these things. No, there's, there's nothing mature about it. It's toddler. It's the most immature thing you can do before you get all the information. But we live in a society now where we run, with, run to conclusions based on very limited information. And because we have a preconceived notion of what we think is going to happen, we, make, we, we come to conclusions and we, and we make decisions based on those things on emotion. The emotion is dangerous. Raw emotion is dangerous when you're starting to make decisions based on half facts. That's the problem. So if enough people said, we're just not going to watch the NFL, we're not going to watch the NBA, we're not going to watch Major League Baseball, these leagues would either close up and all of these, uh, these millionaire athletes or athletes making six figures a year, because a lot of athletes aren't millionaires, they're making six figures though to play a game, all these people wouldn't have a job anymore, and they would have to go out and do regular things like regular Joes. So at that point, you would have, and this is how football used to be. And I'll, I'll give you, a, when I was a, 
I'll give you another story. When I was a kid, I knew a guy. He was a big New York Giants fan for football. Um, he was a teacher of mine. Loved NFL. But once NFL players started to be paid six, uh, seven figures, he stopped watching it. When free agency came and they started being paid seven, paid seven figures, he, he said he wasn't going to watch it anymore, and he didn't. Because he said that's just too much. In his mind, that was just too much. Uh, these guys, he thought, were going to get to be obnoxious, and he didn't want to see it anymore. And he was right about that. I mean, what we've seen with the money that these people make, uh, it is uh, to a point where uh, you know, how they're being very hypocritical in some of their positions and some of the things they say. So that's my position on all of this. Players certainly have the ability and the right to say what they want. They have the freedom to do it. But then we all have the freedom not to watch the games, particularly when they're going to cancel games uh, based on uh, a half narrative or raw emotion. Well, then we have the responsibility to say, you know what? Uh, we're not going to watch you play the game anymore. We're not going to spend our money to do these things anymore, if that's the position you're going to take. All right, so that's it. Uh, I just wanted to get that out there. Uh, you shut up and dribble, fine. Dribble, you don't have to shut up, but don't cancel games. I think that's the biggest thing, and don't base things on emotion. Wait till the information comes out. Don't say these people are mature for doing this because they're not. They're not mature at all. All right, I'll see you next time on The Brian McClanahan Show. See you then. (laughs) 